0: Here we go. What is up, everybody? And uh, welcome to episode eight of the Operation Yellow Tape podcast. Eight months. Eight months, ladies and gents. I hope my microphone is okay. I made a few adjustments to it. So either you hear me well or you don't. So, I'm trying a few new things here as I get adjusted to this podcast world. You know, I talked about on episode one take a look at your life, where you are right now compared to episode one. And a lot of you reach out to me every single episode and keep that coming, keep that feedback coming. And especially about yourselves. So,. I guess my point to this is we're eight months into this. We're almost a year into this podcast. I only drop one a month. Thinking about going twice a month, I just don't know. My point is, if you're still dealing with the same things mentally and emotionally, physically, financially, relationship-wise, things still aren't going well back eight months ago, it's time to launch. It's time to meet yourself right where you are right now and make those changes. Use this podcast as your gauge. If if you started listening to this, got through episodes 1, 2, and 3, decided to make some changes and nothing has changed, you got to get on it. You've got to get on it. So welcome to episode 8. I'm uh, excited to have you back. Don't know how long we'll go. I'll try to stay within that 35, 40-minute window. It's kind of funny. Everybody who reaches out to me, they say, Man, your podcast is too short. But, you know, I don't think everybody really wants to listen to my voice for two hours. I can't talk for two hours on this thing, really. And even though I do listen to long podcasts, I like to listen to a little bit going to work, um, a little bit while I'm there, some on the way home. You know, I appreciate that feedback, and you know there may be some that are longer than others. I want to start off a little bit of admin, like I always do. Um, I can't do this without you. Operation Yellow Tape wouldn't exist without support and the push from the community and from those who believe in the mission and have experienced some of these things we talk about. I'm pretty sure since my last episode, I've had a lot of opportunity to be in front of a lot of people. I want to thank the Virginia chapter of the APCO. I want to get this right. The Association of Public Safety Communications Officers. Officials. hope I got that right. <laughs> that, that one, even the day I was speaking, I was like, am I going to get this right? <laughs> you know, the Virginia... APCO, Association of Public Safety Communications Officials. You know, hope I said it right. The point being, I spoke to over 120 dispatchers right here in my own backyard, and it was an amazing opportunity. I love our dispatchers. For anyone who follows my Instagram page, you know, I talk about dispatchers a lot. They are the true first responders. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't get to the call. Um, however, their job is so difficult, you know, to sit there and to sometimes not know what has happened after the incident and to go from a, a dog barking complaint to a shots fired complaint, <laughs> I say complaint to a shots fired call, uh, to a firefighter in distress, to listen to someone um, on the phone, doing cpr on a loved one then the next call somebody's back is hurting they go back and forth all day long from very traumatic incidents to you know actually some phone calls that wouldn't even uh, register as a true emergency but they take it and it's a very hard job and i really appreciate the opportunity to get out and speak to them i also just got back to, from the virginia fire and rescue conference that was amazing Huge shout out to the folks that got me out there. I did two sessions, 8 o'clock a.m. and 10 o'clock a.m. this past Saturday. Ran into so many of my Virginia Beach Fire Department, Tidewater Water Regional Fire Academy, 86 brothers. Where has 20 years and eight months gone? I don't know, but so many of us um, are still keeping in touch, doing great things. Yes, we've lost some folks. We've lost some folks to retirement. We've lost some folks to injury. we've lost some folks to death and uh, our class is tough and strong and getting around them makes me stronger it was so so good talking to former battalion chiefs from the virginia beach that i used to work for and just talking about some old calls so thank you so much for getting me to the virginia fire and rescue conference Really looking forward to the ems symposium coming up in march i'll be there in march I got to Virginia Fire Officers Academy in June. They opened up the registration for that in March, so on March first, look for that if you're planning on coming to that academy. I know it's being held at the University of University of Richmond this year, um, and I'll be there June 26. Extremely excited. Also, want to give us a, a shout out to our next Overcome and Survive workshop we're putting on. So go to getoffx.com. Man. Ladies, gents, it doesn't matter what your training level is. We hope it's none because when you come there, you don't have any bad habits. But this is two and a half days. Lodging is paid for. Um, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner is paid for. Your swag is paid for. The ammunition that you use, the weapon that you have, everything, the pale horse coffee. You're around uh, people who have done different jobs for a long time and have a certain set of skills from survival to mindset to self protection to ems i tell you uh, lieutenant uh, retired navy seal jason redmond does a lot of things and i tell people this this is one of the best things he does in my opinion i'm honored to be a part of it i'm honored to be an instructor there and i'm honored to go through it myself because every time i'm not teaching i'm sitting there right beside you learning and and breaking bread, and taking notes. So again, our next Overcome and Survive is April 18th through the 21st. Go to getoffx.com, check it out. One last little piece, most importantly to me, you know, the third Operation Yellow Tape event is right around the corner, Uh, September 14th. You can go to kennymitchelljr.com, click on the right-hand corner, whatever that is. Click on that. It'll take you to the page. Click operationalitate, Put in your name, first and last name, and a good email. It'll get you on my, one, it'll get you on my list of folks who are interested in coming, and then second, it'll get you on my newsletter. For those of you who don't know, I send out a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly newsletter just sometimes an inspirational word that we need each monday there are resources for mental health there are practices and tips places where oit is going to be just stuff i think sometimes we need to come in um, and start our monday off with uh, an inspirational word of encouragement and just maybe a resource to reach out to so again um, operational tape event number three september 14th if it interests you Please sign up for the newsletter, DM me, and uh, come out there. Last year, we had close to 80 people. I had to change venues this year. It's going to be at the Beulah Rec Center in Chesterfield, Virginia. Um, This place seats 258. So, uh, very excited about getting getting this going. So, let's jump into a little bit of content. The admin's always good because I forget that part, and and when you folks reach back out to me, you always remind me, hey, you forgot to tell us about this, that, and this. I'm like, ah, man. There's a lot to remember with these podcasts, so, well, um, as you know, the title of this one is Time to Go Home, Episode 8, and I bet you're wondering, what does he mean by time to go home? What's he talking about? But what I'm talking about is is there is no one that teaches us how to go home from this profession, from emergency services. Yes, there's classes that we take. There's mental health courses. There's folks like me sitting all over the place. Mental health is the hot topic, doing podcasts, doing conferences, doing workshops. But there is no curriculum that starts in the academy whether it's police fire ecc uh, sheriffs you know emergency services in general there isn't anything you teach yourself how to go home for the most part and that's kind of what i want to talk about today because i have some thoughts on that and again i'm not a therapist i'm not a doctor i'm not um, a, a psychiatrist i'm none of those things i'm just a man who's been wearing this uniform for nearly 21 years now has had a lot of knockdowns outside the yellow tape, some knockdowns inside the yellow tape, and I just give you my opinion based on what has worked for me and what I've discovered that has worked for me over the last three years while jumping into this mental health lane and trying to help uh, as many people as I can. So when you think about no one teaches us how to go home, that's pretty heavy. You know, right now I, I have to ask, you know, if you're in your car, if you're walking, whatever you're doing, do you ever find yourself when you're at work, you're in a great mood, things are going well, especially when you're about to get off your shift, you're you're drinking coffee, you're you're just laughing and you're excited to be off, and then you get in your car and you turn on your music and then you start heading home, and the closer you get to your house, the more kind of distance you become, and then you walk into the door and your family doesn't know who they're getting anyway because they don't know if you've slept. They don't know anything about your night most times. They have no idea who you're who they're getting. Have you ever noticed that you become cranky once you get home? Is that is that you? Because it was me several times and still can be me. Why is that? You know, why do we treat the ones who are waiting at home for us and our loved ones and our, and our kids sometimes and our spouses and boyfriends and girlfriends and uncles, aunts, cousins, nephews, brothers, sisters, why do we treat them bad? Why 40 minutes ago were you drinking coffee and throwing air punches with your brothers and sisters, but when you get home, you get cold and you get standoffish and you're tired and you're snippy and you're snappy? Why? You know why? Because no one has taught us to come home from this job. And you haven't taught yourself how to come home from this job. And I have a a third piece to that. You haven't helped your family help you to come home from this job. I am a big, big supporter of us talking to our families. And I get that question sometimes. Well, Kenny, it's easier said than done. How do you suggest we talk to our families? Because they're not going to get it. Well... They're going to get it more than you think. But you have to start the conversation. When you don't talk to your family about this job, how can they prepare for you to come home? I know I have a lot of Leos that listen to me out there because I get a lot, I get hundreds of DMs a month saying, man, what you're talking about, I feel. So who feels this one? Who feels that right before they get into their home, they, that mood changes. You, you go from really having a great time at the station, you're about to get off work, or whether it's ECC or you're hanging up your headset, you're putting away your, your badge and your weapon, and you get home and you just become this different person. I got my hand up because it's been me, and it's me to this day sometimes. It's not fair to our family, but my personal opinion is that we are, are able, so much, so much more able with the abilities and knowledge and skills to handle life outside the yellow tape than we think we are. We just haven't connected the dots. And I know I didn't. You folks know my story. I spent seven years on this spiral of ups and downs and telling myself, I can't talk to you if you aren't in the uniform, where there's a guy named Tom who lives on my wrist who lost his life to his own mental health, who I sat with for seven hours, and I sure didn't talk to him. So throw that out the window that you you can't talk to anybody unless you're in their gear, unless they do what you do. It's just not the case. I talk about life outside the yellow tape a lot. Walking into that front door of your home, wherever you live, that is outside the yellow tape. And believe me, I've got listeners that don't do this job. I've got people who are secretaries, you know, assistants to CEOs. I have lawyers that listen, accountants that listen. I've got doctors that listen, construction workers, bankers, train operators, former military. You name it, listen to the podcast. Well, you have an inside the yellow tape, too. It's called your job. You know, yes, Operation Yellow Tape is... Uh, The mission is for first responders and their families, but I, I am stretching out and I am seeing that, you know, I have a big support from folks who do not do this job. And they're telling me, hey, I may not wear the turnout gear, but I sure work for a job that's stressful. I sure have a boss that's toxic. I find myself in bad moods constantly. My physical health is terrible. I'm eating like crap. And when I get home, I'm worse. And that's because you, no matter what you do for a living, you haven't taught yourself how to come home from work. And most importantly, you haven't talked to your family about how they should expect you to come home. Talk to your family about some of the signs and symptoms you may be experiencing. Open up to them. There's no way for them to guess You know, I I talked about it Saturday at the Virginia Fire and Rescue Conference during my presentation is that I'm going to use the fire department for an example, because that's what I do. I'm a 21-year firefighter. When they think they, everyone thinks about the fire department, they think of just putting wet stuff on the red stuff, fighting the fire, right? You're a firefighter. You've got to tell your family more than that, not just about the firefighting side of the job not just about riding the ambulance not just about the patient care not just about putting the smoke alarms up not just about the district training and the fun stuff that we do with the with the different companies you got to tell them about what you do at your job that you have three to four in services a year that you have cpr research every two years that you have something called target solutions, something called you learn, some, something called something every second of the day that you have to do, inspections, there's kindergarten uh, education that we put on, there's community events, birthday parties, there's so much more to this job than just running the calls. There's mandatory PT that you must and probably should do for an hour and a half a day. You heard previous podcasts before. We're in the grocery store because we make lunch together. We make dinner together. We clean up the station. We cut the grass. Now, it's called a house for a reason. i got folks that reach out to OIT that are angry spouses because they tell me, Kenny, my wife is a firefighter and I am not. And she came home exhausted yesterday, but she didn't run one single call. Can you tell me what's up with that? When I asked her what her problem was, she's like, I'm exhausted. And I said, how many calls did you run? She said, none. And she stormed off. Well, I went into this. I said, have you talked to her about what all comes with this job? He said, no. Well, now is the time. You guys are four years into this relationship. It's time that you know that after every single incident, there's a fire report. There's an EMS report. There's paperwork. There's station Every day of the week has a certain uh, checklist. Every single Monday, there's apparatus check with tire pressures, with oil, with just overall inventory of the entire engine, the entire truck, the entire medic. We change filters in our stations. We vacuum. We paint. We there's nothing we don't do there. We unclog toilets. We clean toilets. We do laundry and fold towels and put things away and clean dishes and and this happens and that happens. There's so much more involved. So part of teaching ourselves how to come home from work is teaching and educating our family what we do at work. Yes, it's important that they know that we run some pretty horrific calls at times and we may need to catch our breath when we come home. We're getting better at that. We're getting a lot better at talking to our family and friends about the job, about some of the horrific things we see, but we're just not getting, we're not, we're not enough. We're not doing enough of talking to them about all about this job. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall back on, you don't have to be a first responder, to tell your, your, your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your mother or father or your friends, hey, I work in an office and I am stressed. It's not the ideal job that I love. And I don't like going there anymore. And it is exhausting. And it's eight hours staring at a screen. And it's this and it's that. And I have five bosses and I have people who work with me who don't do half the work that I do. And they get recognition and I don't. You've got to talk to your family about the struggles that you're having. They can't read your mind and it's not easy, but you just sit down with them and you tell them, hey, I need to talk to you for a minute and for just a few minutes, just don't respond to me and when I'm done, don't even respond either really. I'm not looking for a response. I just want to tell you a little bit about why I may be acting like I'm acting and then you have to work on you. It's not fair for you to come in and I'm, I'm looking at me right now. Well, I don't have a mirror in front of me, but if I had a mirror in front of me, check this out. I'm pointing at me right now. You know, it's not fair to come home and have your family walking on eggshells because they don't know if you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're upset. You know, this profession is heavy. They know that already. Some of the things they probably don't know is all that is involved with the job. I think I've told you folks before that my grandmother passed away in 2018 and she believed until the day that she passed that all I did at work was shoot, pull, and eat because that's what she saw with fire shows on, on television. A bunch of people sitting around in chairs, eating, opening bars, you know, dating each other, shooting pool. It, it, it can't be more far from the truth. If that's a correct sentence, I don't know. But I hope I, I have, I hope I have gotten that point across to you. And I know some of you I, I may have confused, but no one teaches us how to go home. Correct, but we do a horrible job at teaching and educating and helping those who are waiting for us at home about what to expect when we get home and what we possibly have been through while we're at work. Whew. You know I talk about operating outside the yellow tape all the time because for me it it wasn't so much what happened to me inside the yellow tape yes are there calls that hang on the walls of my memory for sure there's not very many intersections I can ride through in Chesterfield County or Virginia Beach or many buildings or houses after serving here for nearly 17 years in Virginia Beach for four. You know, there's not many buildings that I can go past or houses or intersections or trees or fields or schools where I don't see something. But it was the outside of the yellow tape that crushed me the most. It was those things that happened to me outside the yellow tape. Now, we are equipped. We are so equipped to handle life outside the yellow tape. I want you to think about this. No matter what job you have, you know, how much knowledge and ability and skills do you have at your job? How good of a job are you doing? Is your customer service excellent? Are you giving that person more than they asked for? You know, I can't tell you how many times in the fire service I was taking a patient to the hospital, and I gave them resources. I told them what to expect next. I told them, you can't give up. You've got to continue to fight through this heroin problem or this illness or whatever it might be. Or sometimes we get into conversations back of those ambulances about divorce and all types of stuff. I've heard World War II stories. I've heard it all. You get them to the hospital you do an amazing turnover to the to the nurse you stay back and talk to the doctor you make sure this person has all the resources they need you walk off you start your report a little bit you give it a few minutes and you you pull the curtain back and say hey good luck to you good luck and if you need us you know our phone number call us back we're here for you keep your head up keep moving forward Call us if you need us. You got our phone number. We chuckle. We laugh. We fist bump. We go off. Now, imagine taking that to outside the yellow tape when you have a problem. You see, you just answered your own questions when you told that person, if you have a problem, again, you know my phone number. Reach out. It's called 911. Now, that team that you're operating on, those crew members, When you're outside the yellow tape, take that very advice. Call them. It it baffles me. It baffles myself that I spent so long suffering in silence and depressed and anxious and just angry and irritable and upset all the time. And I never once wanted to reach out. But yet we are trained from the go. You're never by yourself. You always have your partner with you. You don't fight fires by yourself. You don't go in homes by yourself. You don't transport patients by yourself. You don't do this job by yourself. You don't throw ladders by yourself. Well, sometimes you do. And you get my point. But yet when times get hard, outside the yellow tape, all that falls to the side. And I'll go back again to the story I just told you. Think about how well you do at work. And then when something happens in your personal life, use that. Lean into that. We are more equipped to handle life outside the yellow tape than we think. We truly are. I know I was. Now that I sit back 10 years later, I think to myself, man, why didn't I use some of the skills that I had? I I have the ability to talk calm on the radio. I have the ability to, to resource, research resources. I have a Rolodex. That shows my age, huh? I have the Rolodex of hundreds of people in my life I could call and ask for help who've been through so much more than I have. But we don't do it because we don't think they're going to relate to us. I don't think we can quite connect the dots. And let me tell you before I end this, let me tell you who also is there to help you who is also there to help you outside the yellow tape who is also there to help you when no one teaches you how to go home it's your family it's your girlfriend your boyfriend your wife your husband your brother your uncle your mom dad grandpa grandma cousin friend you've heard this before from me it's the people in your life they're there too they've been through things too And some of them have been through this entire emergency services career with you. They have felt the knockdowns. They have read the line of duty deaths that have broken your heart. They've seen you sit on your back porch with your hands in your face because your brother or sister is gone. They've read read your, your face when you're sitting at dinner and you're not there. Let them in. Please, if that's you right now, let them in. You don't have to Tell them everything. You don't have to tell the gruesome details about things, but you've got to let them in. You've got to let them in. They're taking this journey with you because if you don't, I'm sorry to tell you, 25 years may pass and they may not be there. They're getting tired. They're getting very exhausted too. Sometimes our anxiety, our depression, our irritability, our anger, not knowing who you get will wear people down. And eventually, they won't be sticking around. You got to let them in, folks. You got to let them in. You have to educate them. The part of the the HELP acronym that I love the most is the LAUNCH part. But the EDUCATE part is so important as well. And it's not always about... You know, placing the handcuffs on people, booking people in for arrest, putting the, the wet stuff on the red stuff, putting on the headset, and saying "Where's your emergency? It's not always what we do or those civilian jobs. It's not always what you do at work the The main you know the guts of it. It's the other stuff that just adds up. The EDPs you have to do as supervisors. The, uh, there's so much involved with these jobs. We have rookies now uh, that have a book, you know, four inches thick to become to get off probation. You know, driver operator books. It, it is always something going on. It's a good thing, but it's, a, it's 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 constantly something you have to do in jobs like these. And people just think we sit around, run calls, shoot pool, and eat. But there's so much more than just the basics of the job. I hope I got that across the best that I can. Because I get a lot of stuff sent back to me about no one teaches us how to go home. I get it. You got to teach yourself. You got to lean into what's bothering you the most bring those friends and family on board and use some of the skills that you use inside that yellow tape on the outside of the yellow tape. And then most importantly, telling those we love who we spend the most time with All this job involves yes my man who reached out to me whose wife came home tired and she didn't run a single call i guarantee you she did pt i guarantee she cut up tomatoes i guarantee she washed dishes i guarantee she cleaned the units i guarantee she did paperwork i guarantee she had to write some incidental because something broke because all we do is break things in the fire service i guarantee you she had to somebody knocked on the door wanted to tour there were so many things going on besides running calls ask her Sit down with her and say, you know what, I'm not a firefighter, babe, but tell me a little bit more about what what you do, not just the cool stuff, the stuff that takes up a lot of your time. Yes, you can do it. Folks, as always, thank you so much for listening. I'm not quite done right this second, so hold on tight. As you know, I like to end the podcast now with practices, books, and podcasts. So here's my practice for you. I talked about it at the Virginia Fire and Rescue Conference and I got some strange looks. How many of you out there, before your feet even touch the floor in the morning, your phone's in your hand? Who? who, Who's got their head nodding right now? Who's smiling right now? (laughs) I know you are because I had some heads nodding this Saturday. So if your phone is in your hand before your feet touch the floor, and before you get out the front door that, let's let's put some let's put some brakes on that okay i want you to try this practice yes when you wake up lean over put, put turn the alarm off and i get it i've got hypervigilance look at that phone and make sure that the world hasn't ended but then do something that you can never imagine Swipe that thing off for 35 to 45 minutes and go about your day. I promise you nothing is going to really happen that needs you right now. And if it does, then it does, and that is just life. It's happened to me. Believe me, my phone has been off before when I should have taken a call. But then again, my mental health has become more important to me than somebody else's little problem that I can't fix at the moment. So again, for you folks that roll over, Pick up your phone, start scrolling Instagram, scrolling Facebook, getting that obsessive comparison disorder because you're seeing 37 seconds of somebody's greatest time. They're not showing you the hard times. Stop that. Pick your phone up, take a peek at it, make sure the world hasn't ended, and then literally turn it off. Not just, not off, but power down. And go get your coffee. Go get your shower. Go sit outside. You know, go for a walk. Get yourself ready for work. But do not start your day before your feet even touch the floor on that phone with that blue light in your face. You can barely even see anyway. Getting all worked up or just getting a Azorabite. You're going to be on that thing all day anyway. That's my practice. Books. I'm kind of circling back a little bit. Touching the Dragon by my brother Jimmy Hatch. I have recommended that book for a lot of years. I read it for the first time in 2018. I met Jimmy for the first time in 2020. I cannot recommend Touching the Dragon enough. Uh, You know, last time I I gave you guys a serial killer book um, to uh, to take your mind away from the job a little bit. And I got a lot of response from that. Like, man, great recommendation. And that guy was nuts. Yes, he was. He was a serial killer. So... But this book recommendation is Touching the Dragon by Jimmy Hatch. It's, it's a just a really good book. Um, not a whole lot of a war story, but it does go into uh, his war. But more so mental health, his fight, and his fight to get back to his feet. Podcast. Check out After the Tones Drop. I was uh, blessed enough, honored enough to be on there. It's going to drop in April sometime These two ladies are doing their thing. I mean, I got to ask some questions on that podcast that kind of set me back on my heels a little bit. I like to wear high heels. How about that? Um, Set me back on my heels a little bit. I really don't, okay? Um, But yeah, After the Tones Drop, it's a really good podcast. Both Aaron and Cinnamon do an amazing job. They're doing big things. Check them out on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Whew, I can't wait for my episode to drop because, I'll be honest, Aaron asked me a question that I'd never been asked before. And uh, I'll be honest, I haven't heard the episode yet, and I'm kind of curious of how I answered it. I kind of remember how I answered it, but now I'm kind of curious, did I even hit it? Folks, as always, thank you so much for your support. I cannot do this without you. I've got some pretty some pretty big news coming next episode. I'm excited about that. Hey give me a follow at Kenny Mitchell Fire on Instagram. I do a little bit on Facebook, not much. I'm on LinkedIn, but Instagram is my main my main deal. If you have noticed, the at Operation Yellowtape Instagram page is deactivated. It's gone. Um, the idea was to have Operation Yellowtape Instagram page did not work. So my Kenny Mitchell Fire, that is my personal page. That is my Operation Yellow Tape page. That is everything. So if you've noticed that Operation Yellow Tape has gone, that's a good thing. And follow me at Kenny Mitchell Fire because having two Instagram pages are a pain in the butt anyway. And it just wasn't working. And for me, operating inside the Yellow Tape and outside, I kind of lump it all together now for my personal life too. And it just works better. So... For those of you who have noticed that that page is gone, no major issue. I just deactivated it, and everything exists on my Kenny Mitchell Fire. Folks, give me a a newsletter sign-up. I've got a good newsletter following, some good feedback on that. You can go to my website, KennyMitchellJr.com. All you have to do is sign up. Put your name in there or your email. And you know what? If you're too lazy to do that, send me, DM me your name, and DM me a good email, and I'll plug it in for you. I'm really proud of my newsletter. It's it's weekly sometimes, bi-weekly sometimes, but it's proactive practices, it's resources. Sometimes it's just an inspirational word we might need on a Monday. You know, it's not anything. It's not it's not it's not ending cancer. It's not solving the world's problems. But it's sometimes it's just taking your your time to slow down and read something positive on a Monday morning, and get yourself started. It talks about a little bit of where Operation Yellow Tape is going to be, where you can cut some of the presentations, and most importantly, I talk about other people. You know what's going on with them, and then we get into some signs and some symptoms, some stuff with burnout, some stuff with just irritability. So give me a uh, give me a newsletter sign up, and if you know someone who needs that newsletter, tell them to go to kennymitchelljr.com and sign up, or you sign them up. People are lazy, I've noticed. If you don't, I got folks that reach out to me and say, hey, my name is Jim Jones. Can you sign me up? I always do. But I'm like, man, you're lazy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and they come back at me like, well, that's not cool. Seriously, go to my website and do it yourself. But I'll do it. But anyway, folks, this has been a a good one. I hope it made sense. And um, hey, let's connect. You know, let's connect. My 2024 is is really is looking really good. I'm so honored to be at so many places. Um, head over to my website and uh, connect with me. And I'd love to come out to your organization, your business, your company, and talk a little bit about mental health and the HELP acronym, the Health, Educate, Launch, and People part of getting through this job, getting through this journey called LIFE and called Emergency Services. Folks, I'm gonna leave you with this. 38 minutes in. I'll leave you with this. You ready? I don't know who wrote it. You can look it up. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. So one more time. Think about how I mentioned your story may become someone's survival guide. Talk therapy feels amazing. Think about think about that, okay? You got something on your heart you want to talk about, you want to get off your chest, do it. Because there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Folks, I appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. I can't do this without you. And until next time, keep walking with me.